Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. What's up and what's happening, everybody? Welcome back in to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake. Tonight, we're here with a very special guest, Mike G from the War Report. Got my co-host, Dustin. Mike, man, how you doing tonight? Uh, not bad, fellas. Thanks for having me on tonight. Uh, looking forward to talking some ball. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, first off... Did either one of you catch the softball game this afternoon? Oh, I did not get a chance to catch it. Are the ladies still killing it over there? Man, what a game. Uh, back and forth with Ole Miss, uh, just down 6-2, to two, uh, comes back, uh, takes the lead. Uh, Maddie Penta comes in late. Uh, she got Jeez. pulled. Yeah, man, and, and it was a dramatic seventh inning. My wife's cousin is the starting center fielder for the Ole Miss Rebels. Oh, she nice. had a day. <laughs> And uh, she killed us, man. I'll be honest with you. She was doing it all. She was hitting, uh, throwing people out from the outfield. Uh, She was getting it done. But Maddie Penta stepped up uh, in a clutch, clutch situation and and got it done, Mike. Yeah, predicted to finish ninth in the SEC, Hmm. finished third. Uh, Bree Ellis was talking to talk on Twitter the other day. I saw it. It was. (laughs) I like it. I like that kind of bravado. It's, It's nice to see from the girls on the softball field. Yeah, man. Well, Mike, uh, we're, we're coming in here to talk a little Auburn football tonight, man. And uh, a lot of things have been going on, a lot of things through the portal. Uh, you know, Peyton Thorne arriving at Auburn and and uh, it you know creates a quarterback battle. Uh, a lot of people in the Auburn fan base think that there is no quarterback battle. And that's kind of where I wanted to start with you tonight is you got Robbie Ashford, you got Holden Garner, and now you bring in Peyton Thorne, man. And I just want to get right to it. Do you think this is a legitimate quarterback battle on the plains this coming fall? Uh, yes, but I want to I want to add a caveat. Mm-hmm. I do think that Peyton Thorne has a leg up coming in. Now, uh, Hugh Freeze went out and he got somebody who I would consider his guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, now and the rest of the, some of the players on this team, it felt like they had to grow on them. You know, he made comments throughout the offseason about, you know, hey, we may have underestimated Demari Austin. He's a lot better than I thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some players like Jarquez Hunter, he's saying, hey, already the best back I've ever coached like a couple practices mm-hmm. into the spring. Uh, yeah. So, you know, as he's gotten to know this team, you know, I think that he's gotten more information uh, to make. Uh, you know, probably a clear evaluation on than he did. Now he talked about the quarterbacks previously and he said, listen, you can't evaluate those guys too harshly because there was no blocking pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you have, and you have one quarterback that played with a hurt shoulder. He was aware of that. Um, but none of that is going to be excused going into this next season, right? Auburn was always going to sign a quarterback this off season. That was always going to happen. TJ yep. Finley was always leaving and they were always going to go back and out and get somebody. So if you have to go out and get somebody, you know, why go out and get a warm body? Why not go out and get somebody who can come in and compete for the starting job immediately? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you're always yeah. going to do. Uh, it was noted. Hugh Freeze had his eye on Peyton Thorne, you know, as soon as but since before he entered the portal, mm-hmm. anticipating that he would enter the portal. So, you know, this was his guy. This is the guy they wanted. Uh, the smoke around Casey Thompson guys wasn't real. Now, he was on mm-hmm. the list, but he was not the preferred. Peyton Thorne was the preferred. And that's mm-hmm. who they got. Well, Mike, man, I got to ask you, look, I, I've heard people say that that Robbie's, you know, he, he's he's done moving to receiver. And, and I just I don't agree with all that. Do you think even if Robbie loses the quarterback battle, uh, he, he's still going to touch the field, right? Uh, n- listen, man, not necessarily. Mm. Uh, it just kind of depends. Like, you know, we'll see what Q- Hugh Freeze's philosophy is uh, concerning quarterbacks. Uh, some coaches do not like to switch out quarterbacks um, for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugh Freeze has not really given any indication that he's going to do that. So I think what, what's going to happen is either Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, because like I said, I'm not I'm not convinced that Thorne is a lock to win the yeah. job, but I will acknowledge that he probably has a leg up uh, because his floor is a lot higher than the ceiling that we've seen already from the other two. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, he's passed for 2,600 yards in a season. Well, we haven't seen Robbie or Holden do that yet. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they can, maybe they can't. Um, I'm sure that they can, but if you haven't seen it, you're probably going to go with something that you've seen before. Uh, if he doesn't perform to expectations, because this is a different league and these are different coaches, uh, I expect them to go to Robbie Ashford before the season tanks, mm. pretty much. Um, this is going to be a rebuilt offensive line. We're anticipating that it's going to be better than what they had in the past. However, if there are problems in pass protection. Robbie Ashford gives you protections at quarterback. Now, in our conversations with Robbie, I'll tell you, I'll go ahead and dispel one thing right now. He's not switching positions. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. playing quarterback or he's out of here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's straight from his mouth. Right. So uh, he wants people to know that he's a quarterback and he plans to play quarterback. And, you know, if you call him anything else, be damned. He just doesn't <laughs> want to hear that. <laughs> right. So um, no Cody yeah. Burns, huh? Right. Like, guys, there's a number of reasons that, you know, whoever is in the second spot is going to need to stay ready, whether it's Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford. So, you know, uh, Robbie's got to improve on his short to intermediate throws. He was excellent down the field last year, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he made a comment to me in a conversation that we had about uh, playing hurt. Right. And, you know, when they numb you. When you're hurt. Right. He's like, Mike, I couldn't feel my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So. I know I, I clue how hard I was throwing it some of the time because I had no feeling <laughs> there, right? So mm. that I could play, 
Right. And I thought I was like, hmm, you know, I never thought about it that way. But yeah, that's you know what he was faced with. So yeah. uh, hopefully uh, this fall uh, in camp, given a chance, he can show off some of that touch that hopefully he's developed in the offseason. And, you know, listen, man, Auburn benefits from a true quarterback battle. Every offseason, Gus tried to sell to us that there was this battle that happened, and the, the second was so close to winning the job just for us to find out that we don't have a number two quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Not for real, right? And so hopefully maybe under Hugh Freeze that narrative is changing and there is actually a quarterback battle going on. Now we know that Robbie Ashford can do some things, guys, that the other guys can't do. Mm-hmm. He can run, right? Yep. Um, you know, the, His last 40 was last summer. He ran a 4-4-9. I think he's gotten faster since then. Um, mm. And, you know, he's 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 dangerous with his leg, man. And I, I just think that that's so useful in today's college football um, that if you have to go to him, it opens up the offense a little bit for everybody. Yeah, Mike. And, you know, that's that's why I kind of I kind of made some comments on Twitter saying that, uh, you know, even if he does lose the quarterback battle, uh, I just can't see him sitting on the sitting on the pine, man. I, I can't see him sitting on the sideline. Mm and just doing absolutely nothing for this football team. Uh, I, I just think he's too elusive. He's too much of a playmaker, and and he's just electric with the ball in his hands, man. And, and it, I go back to that Mississippi State game last year, and he just makes one cut, and, and he's to the house, you know, and it's to the sideline, and, and he's gone, man. And I, I just think you get the ball in nine's hands, man, and, and uh, you're just uh, – <laughs> you're one missed tackle to the house. And – uh he's just – he's too elusive to be sitting over there doing nothing, Mike. That, and that's just – that's how I feel about him. Yeah, I agree, man. Listen, at the end of the day, Hugh Freeze is, got, is going to show us in year one what he's willing to do and what he's not willing to do, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, we're gonna, all going to be play, paying close attention to how much of what plays out lines up with what he told us this offseason, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's about winning games, guys. It's about getting Ws. And he's got to find a guy who will come in – and do the job and um, be what they need him to be both on the field and off the field. He's talked a lot about that as well, too. Robbie Ashford has, you know, apparently made steps in that direction. He made those comments after a day. So, so we'll see how it goes. Well, Mike, man, you know, that the other quarterback we were talking about is Holden, man, where does that leave him with Peyton coming in and Walker white and you got Hank Brown uh, Walker coming in obviously next year, but uh, where does this leave Holden? Does it possibly send him to the portal? Yeah, listen, I had high hopes for Holden hmm. here. I had really high hopes for Holden Gurner. I'm sorry, let me pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> Gurner, like Turner with a G. All right. um, however, uh, kids want to play, guys, mm-hmm. and you know what the portal has done is it has created this kind of like weird segue that you can make it quarterback that will affect the guys that you recruited out of high school, you know? So, yeah. you know, how much does Holden Gurner believe that his time is going to come? And when it's his time, he's next in line. Now think about it. The better programs are, they've got pipelines at quarterback, right? Yep. You know, think about what Bama has done since Jalen hurts, right? Like mm-hmm. it was Jalen. And then after Jalen, it was Tua. And then after Tua was Mac. And after Mac, it was Bryce. And they may have finally hit a stretch where they don't know who their quarterback is going to be, but they had a hell of a run at quarterback, man, because all those guys are in the league right now. Yeah. <laughs> all, the last four quarterbacks are all starting are going to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, Auburn has got to find a way to recruit and 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 not miss at quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is listen. This is a quarterback driven game at, at the college football level right now. Think about it. 
who's winning without dynamic quarterback play? Even Georgia in their second title, Stetson Bennett stepped it up significantly. Yes. He was yes. not the guy that he was in year one of that championship. And in the preseason, a bunch of Georgia fans jumped all over me when I said, I think Stetson's going to have to raise his game if Georgia's going to repeat. And they were like, no, our defense, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? If Stetson had not raised his game, they lose to Ohio State. <laughs> yes. They lose to 100%. Ohio State. 100%. So, uh, you know, I say all that to say this. You got to have a quarterback. You got to have a guy who can go in and make plays when called upon. You got to have a guy who can manage the game and not turn the ball over and not beat you. Right? You have to have that. And that starts at high school. Listen, man, the, port the portal guys is – man, it's like back in the day when Gus would find, like – that one junior college transfer that would come in and it was like, oh man, we had, I think we had a really good stretch of Juco's on the front end of uh, Gus's tenure all the way through Stidham, right? You had mm -hmm. guys like Cameron Sardin Payne, Cameron Sardin Payne came from Juco. Uh, yep. You know, they just had some really good Juco's come in. Well, the portal is here and now everybody thinks their savior is mm -hmm. coming from the portal. But the way to build a program is still through recruiting from high school. Mm. I can't stress that yep. enough, man. If you're trying to build a program through the portal, you're doing it wrong and you're not, it's not sustainable. And there are, mm. there's not, just not that much talent in the portal every year. There's not. And like, um, it's, it's, it's 5% of the suitors, you know, fighting for a hundred percent of the guys who are actually going to come in and help benefit your program immediately. So, mm. you know, we talk about the portal. We don't talk a, a lot about the kids who get lost in the portal. They leave mm. their school and they can't find a home yep. and it happens. Right. So you got it. You have to build through high school. Now, who does Auburn have coming in? Walker White. If you're Walker White, you're thinking, OK, yeah, y'all could mess around with Thorne for now. But once I step on campus, he expects to compete immediately. And if mm. he is not competing for the starting job, truly the guy who's starting in front of him has to clearly be better. Yes. That's how you get guys to wait their turn. Right. Nobody was fussing waiting behind Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. you're like yo yeah we get it you're not pulling them off the field <laughs> yeah. right you know same kind of i mean you may be a little bit with tua you know when mac took over after you know that 2019 iron bowl listen we auburn won that game but let me tell you something i tweeted after that i was like man if i'm a bama fan i'm not mad at what mac jones did in that game i don't That's care about fact. the two pick sixes he had four tds and over 350 yards passing i, I was impressed with him and no it bared out the next year so can Hugh Freeze start that sort of pipeline at quarterback with kids out of high school? We'll see. But, uh, you know, they've got to do that. And then Holden, and, you know, coming back to your original question about Holden, my point is, if you're Holden, you know they're bringing in a walker. Yep. And then you know you, they're bringing in the next kid. And how confident mm -hmm. are you, based on what the coaches have told you to date, that you're not going to fall behind just because he recruited Walker White out of high school? Because mm -hmm. you were not recruited by Hugh Freeze out of high school. Mm -hmm. Right. You've got to sell that to him, if you or he's got to be so much better than the guys already here that it's not even a question. So mm. you know, I'm not sure that he's that quarterback yet, but you know, it's gonna be, if he goes, I'm gonna be sad because I think somebody's gonna get a hell of a quarterback. You know, Love and, that. you know, I just I think I think somebody's gonna get a hell of a quarterback, Blake. Yeah, man, I, I I love hearing that about Holden. Uh, I, I think he's got all the potential in the world, Mike. But man, look, I wanted to move out to wide receiver, mm. uh, and and Hugh, uh, I know everything he did at Ole Miss at that position, uh, the freaks that he put into the NFL, and uh, you know, th there's uh, there's two right now that we're waiting on. But at first, I wanted to start the one uh, that we got, and uh, the the Caleb Burton kid from Ohio State, the four star. 
Uh, man, where do you see him fitting in at Auburn? Is he going to play on the inside, the outside? And what do you expect from him in year one on the Plains? Uh, we'll see. Listen, you're talking about an overall top 150 player. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he was highly coveted out of high school. Um, you know, like so many kids, you get to a place like Ohio State that's stacked with talent. Yeah. And you've got you've to make a decision about how many years of eligibility do you want to stay at a program where, again, the same thing is happening that we just talked about at quarterback. They're always, you know, uh, former quarterback Chris Todd comes on our show often, friend of the War Report. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he, he, I remember him characterizing a conversation he had with former Heisman winner Jason White. Now, Jason White uh, was a quarterback at home, Oklahoma, I think, uh, during the 2008 season. He won the Heisman that year. Um, and he told Chris Todd, he said, listen, it doesn't matter if you win the Heisman. They're always trying to bring somebody in that's better than you. Mm. Right. So if you start resting on your laurels, good luck. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they're always trying to bring somebody in that's better than you. And I think that's true with wide receiver as well, too. So, uh, you know, experience definitely matters in a system, but none of these guys have that experience. This is year one. So none yep. of those guys really have that experience in the system. I think he can come in and make a splash if he's, he's healthy. And, uh, you know, he he gels. But right now, Auburn has – I think Auburn has a lot of talent at wide receivers, just unproven talent. Because mm, the great passing point. game has not existed. Yep. Think about the last four games of last season. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yes. Come on, man. All yes. you do is run, 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 yeah. and run some more. Yeah. Yeah, so if you were a receiver, you are probably pretty frustrated with the lack of opportunities to catch the ball last year. Yep. And what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to create those opportunities. And Hugh Freeze's system, guys – his leading receiver has averaged 864 yards for the entirety of his head coaching career, mm -hmm. right? 864 yards at Auburn. Those, that number is prolific, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, come on, yep. man. The, the last yeah. receiver we had sniff a thousand yards, I believe was Darvin Adams in the 2010 season. And he went for like be. 996 yards. He came like four yeah. yards short or something like that. Sammy Coates had a pretty good year, but you know, thousand and before Darvin Adams, I want to say it was 1999, Ronnie Daniels. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't yeah. happen here, right? Yeah. Former Auburn receivers come on the show and talk about, like, listen, when you came to Auburn as a receiver, you knew you were going to block. And Hugh Freeze has to change that narrative as well, too, because kids, listen, man, I don't know what, what your recruiting pitch is <laughs> to a wide receiver <laughs> if you're going to play ball like you did the last four games of last season. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. a very good pitch, right? So, you know, we've seen some receivers bolt this offseason. For the guys who have stayed, Coy Moore, uh, mm -hmm. if you've listened to our show, I'm really high on Jay Bear. Yeah. And I yeah. think he's going to be a hell of a player. He is the model student athlete, just a dynamic kid, both mentally and physically. Uh, he's crushed every weight room goal they set for him since going back to Harson. Um, and he's just, he's just, he's the type of football player you definitely want on your team, right? Um, Nick Mardner. You know, indications have been he's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Um, yeah. he's, he's tall, uh, but maybe <laughs> not as good as they had hoped. Uh, so, you know, they're continuing to look. And Caleb Burton is not a super tall guy. Yeah. No. Right. Like, so he didn't really add any height to the room. And Hugh Freeze has talked about catch radius. So we'll see where he slots in. Right now, your starting receivers are, <laughs> if you're asking me now, I think that Dawson's exit was telling. Me and, me and Zach Blackerby argued about this. but. Yeah. Uh, Dawson left, so I won the argument. Uh, <laughs> Jay Fair, Coy Moore, and Camden Brown and Rivaldo Fairweather, you'll see on the field at the same time as of right now. 
Um, and we'll see how it goes with the rest of them. But, you know, you need guys who can go get 50-50 balls on the outside. I, I'm not sure that Burton is that guy, but we'll see where they slot him in. Well, Mike G, man, talking about catch radius and things, uh, I, I know there's a, the kid from North Texas, right, the shorter kid, I believe. Uh, any chance that we hear anything within this next week uh, of him possibly coming and also the kid from Colorado, uh, any any chance Auburn has a, has a go with him? Uh, Lamonius Craig, I believe you're talking about. Yeah. From Colorado, yeah. right, and a North Texas kid. Uh, yeah, I mean, guys have to make moves soon, so I'm, I'm going to say yes. Right. And the yeah. reason is, is because you got to get into the fall. You got to get into the weight room. You got to start learning the system. You know, um, if there's anything academically that's maybe holding them back, you know, uh, maybe I can't imagine that if they're already in the portal. But uh, ultimately, guys have to find a home soon. Right. Yeah. And if you plan on competing for a job in the fall, every day that passes that you're not on the team you're going to be on is critical. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. You know, you need to be working out. You need to be getting to know your teammates. You need to be getting into the playbook so you can gain the mental edge that you're going to need in the fall to compete with the guys who have been here since January. Mm. It's got to happen. Yeah, man. Uh, do you think Do you think Auburn would take both of them if it come to it? Yeah, if scholarships are available, yes. There we go. There right, we go. But, right, and here's why. Because the attrition that's going to happen in the portal every year is yep. always going to leave you room to bring on more guys. Mm. That's it, man. It's free agency, dude. Like it's it's here. We got to deal with it. So so yes, I would say yes. Yeah, man. Uh, Dustin, I'll kick it over to you, man. I know you got some questions for Mike G, man. Yeah, Mike. When you were talking about receivers, man, one name that popped into my head is a guy like Darius Slayton, right? Who I think what did he have that that year with twenty seventeen? It's around six eighty, seven hundred yards somewhere in there. Am I right? Yep, it's about um, seven hundred yards. And then you see him go to the NFL and he pops, and it's like, damn, man, we had this talent right here. Yep. And it, it still wasn't able to shine. It's just we've got to start nailing this down. And you look at these guys that we're recruiting, a guy like Cam Coleman. I think that's a recruitment that's going to go all the way to the end. And I think it's about – I think he – like, honestly, I think he wants to come to Auburn. He's got to see it on the field. He's got to see something. I don't think these kids – like, I think that we our goal should be kind of what happened at Tennessee. Let's get to seven or eight this first year. And then that a good recruiting class, some more portal additions, and then really take that jump in year two. I think that's a reasonable expectation. But to to get guys like those Cam Coleman's, those guys, those Perry Thompsons, these guys that Hugh is after and apparently calling every single day, um, they're just gonna have to see it on the field, man. Those are big time guys that can go to any school they want to go. Mm -hmm. So they can love Hugh, they can love this new facility. But ultimately, man, we've got to start putting this stuff on the field to show these guys this is the path. Um, and we just look, my, you talk about this is free agency, right, Mike? This is just wild west free agency at this point. But I think Hugh's done a good job of flipping this roster. And if you go back to December when he was hired, what is a position that you were most concerned with that maybe you think he's improved? And then where is what is a position group that you're looking at and still you got some question marks? Uh, well, um, I would say as, as far as improvement is concerned, that he's improved, you, you got to look at the offensive line. Yeah, there was nowhere to go but up from there. I mean, he brought in hella offensive linemen, and they just brought in another one in Jaden Muskrat. Um, I think yeah. they're targeting one more. Uh, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's left us some, now. Yeah, he's left in. He's left himself some options at, at offensive line, understanding that you know the stronger they can be in the trenches, the the better chance his offense has of being potent in this league. Right. Mm. If you can block, if you can give your quarterbacks time. Now the numbers bear out for Peyton Thornton when given time to throw. While under pressure, he's 29%. It's bad, 
right? That's about where Bo yeah. was when he was under pressure, just yeah. not very good when running. So uh, you got to protect Peyton Thorne, and I think he understands this. Um, you know, and, and as far as the questions, again, I, we just talked about it ad nauseum. I think you still have to just look at quarterback, right? Hugh Freeze, pro, he he professed two things in his introductory uh, press conference, guys. Number one, I develop quarterbacks. Number two, I to- I turn programs around quickly, yep. right? Number one, every fan in Auburn is going to be holding them to. Yep. Right. The number one will be the reason Hugh Freeze gets extended or gets fired. Absolutely. Mark my words. Right. If yep. he can do well with, at the quarterback position and, and Auburn can show some signs of being dynamic on offense mm-hmm. and but creating a pipeline of maybe even producing NFL draft picks at quarterback. Yes. Whoa. Right. Hugh Freeze will land. He he will have a home here for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he cannot do that, he's not going to win enough games. And by year four, it's 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 not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about the hot seat. Yeah. So you know, I think it's got to be quarterback. You know, um, people are going to be holding his feet to the fire. I think people had had it with Gus and his lack of quarterback development. Absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, they're just not going to put up with it very long from Hugh Freeze. So he's a middle of the tier paid mm-hmm. coach in the SEC right now. And he's not making chump change. I take his six million dollars a year if someone offered it to me. But, <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got it. He's six million dollars a year. I, I, you know, it's funny. I read this thing on Twitter, uh, uh, Dustin, about uh, it was oh, some this guy at on three, and he was like, getting Payne Thorne or Casey Thompson is going to be the difference between whether Auburn makes a bowl game. That's a ridiculous take. I talked about how stupid I, that nah. was. Oh, it's the most ridiculous thing I had read. And yeah. I was just like, what? Dude, like, tell me you don't cover Auburn without telling me you don't mm-hmm. cover Auburn. Uh, now, you know, you know, but, but the statement I made in response to that is it's, the quarterback is not going to be the difference between making a bowl game and not making one. They won five games last year, and they were a disaster. Yep. They were one game short of a bowl game last year. They were a disaster. Yeah. The coach is going to be the difference between making a bowl game and not making a bowl game. The Absolutely. system is going to be the difference between making a bowl game and not making a bowl game. The quarterback is going to be the difference between a six-one season and an eight-one season. Right? Preach it, Mike. That's Preach what it's going to be. So, like, you know, I thought he was way off on that. I, 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 I restrained myself from commenting on the post. But ultimately, you know, that's what Q Freeze is looking at. Right, he his presence alone should be good for six wins. Mm. Six million dollars a year, six wins—that's a million dollars a win, baby. <laughs> especially with the schedule, Mike. Yeah. Especially with the way the schedule yeah. plays out. Yeah, his dream schedule, right? Like yeah. in year one, he could not have asked for a better draw on the schedule. Yeah, especially sure. out of the SEC West, right? So you know, there's a lot in flux at the Mississippi schools, and like I just feel like if he were going to make a splash, year one is definitely it. And yeah. uh, if he can find a quarterback, then he can do that. So, but that's what he professed to be good at. So I think it's fair for us to scrutinize that position a little bit tighter than the other ones, right? Because you said it quickly. I turn it around quickly and I develop quarterbacks. Well, okay. Now you got mm-hmm. Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner. Make one of them all SEC and we'll buy it. Mm. Right? Yeah. One of those there guys, at least third team all SEC, right, guys? Like, yeah. <laughs> get yeah. one of those guys on the all SEC list. When was the last time? Auburn had a quarterback on the all SEC list. Can, but Cam, but yeah, Nick Marshall. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Bo made like freshman all SEC. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, right. that's just that's just by virtue of starting all year as a freshman. Yeah, right. So you know, which not you don't see that a lot in college football anymore. Guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, ultimately, it's been a long time since we've had a guy that they recruited out of high school make all SEC. 
Yeah. You know, and he's got to do that, man. I think he's got to do that. I think that's his line of fire to cross. And if he can do that, man, not only will he get extended, he's going to make a lot of money doing it here at Auburn. Mm. Are you getting concerned about the defensive line? Because I've got that's that's where I'm at. I feel like I agree with you that I feel like offensive line. I mean, from what we can see, right? We all we got to see it on the field, but just from what we have to judge off of, offensive line much improved. I mean, hell is it eight nine guys brought in has been more on the line was more we've had last three or four years. I think so. What uh, Justin Ferguson tweeted out, so he's he understands we got to win in the trenches. But to me, and especially a didn't do it any favors. Uh, yep. You concerned about yep. lack of depth down there, especially at the edge, right? I yeah, mean, McLeod's a nice pickup, but still the depth there. He is. I expect McLeod to play Jack, right? And um, yeah, the they the Jack is a really important position in Ron Roberts' defense. He's talking about mm-hmm. having a guy that can play a three technique or rush standing up, and um, you know they've got to get after the quarterback, and you know that starts at the defensive line, right? So um, too many times in the last two year, two three years. Uh, Auburn has just allowed free runners to the second level of the defense. Mm. And with linebacker mm. not being where it should be, that's a problem, right? So love Owen Papo. He took a lot of bad angles to the football, you know, over his time at Auburn, right? You know, Zacoby McLean was a tackling machine. We saw what it looked like in his absence, right? When he went out of this Penn State game that first mm. year, uh, they couldn't do anything. Yep. They couldn't stop yeah. the run, right? I mean, when, when he was out, it was a problem, <laughs> Right. Yep. So, the first half versus Georgia State, and then he comes back in the second half versus Georgia State. And all yeah. Of a sudden yeah, it's a whole different game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when he was out, it was a problem. Um, so, you know, what I would say is is that, yes, I'm concerned about the – I'm with you. I'm concerned about the defensive line. Um, now, you, you, the other guys down there, Jason Jones and those guys, listen, they are very, very capable. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what the base of this defense looks like. Um, you know, we know he plays some 3-4. We know, you know, he play, does some different things. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it will be dependent on what the offense is doing and how well they adjust is going to be something that a lot of people are going to be keeping their eyes on. So defensive line is one of those positions where you rotate a lot of guys, yeah. right, to try to stay fresh in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so. Mike, Mike, l- let me ask you something real quick. I know you guys called it over at the War Report, but were you, were you really uh, shocked that Jeffrey Emba just up and entered the portal, man? Uh, I was. Yeah. yeah. I, I called it. <laughs> I yeah. called it, right? And uh, kudos to him on that one. Uh, but, you know, listen, man, the evaluation, I'll point back to the lack of evaluation that's been happening in recruiting, both in the portal from junior college level and, and out of high school. Right. This was the number one overall Juco prospect in the country when he came in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. They nicknamed him Thanos, which is a hell of a nickname. <laughs> right. And he didn't do anything very Thanos like while he was here. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, what it's boiled down to is, is that, you know, when you take kids like that. Right. Um, how often are you hitting the nail on the head and how often are you missing? I remember hearing a story about Trooper Taylor and another coach when they went out to blend to see Cam, right? They came back. Chizik never made that trip, right? Wow. Chizik never made that mm. trip. They came back and they told Gus and, and, and Chizik, listen, man, we got to get this guy. We have to have him. He has to be on this team, right? Um, uh, I remember hearing uh, stories about Tebow, right? When they came back and they told Irma Meyer, if we don't get Tebow, it's going to set our program back five years. Wow. Right. They were that wow. confident in the, the abilities of those two quarterbacks. Right. Mm-hmm. That 
They came back and definitively stated it. And then what happened after that? Well, that's first spring cam was here. He take off running in practice and you can't hit the quarterbacks. Right. And Chizik would turn to Gus and would say, Hey, so would that have been a five yard run or an 85 yard run? We don't know. Well, in hindsight, we know it was a lot of 85 yard <laughs> runs, right? Like yeah, it was a lot yeah. of long runs, but they couldn't know that from practice. Right. So how you evaluate these guys prior to them coming in matters. And this is what I think we hope Hugh Freeze's staff is better at than the last staff. Mm -hmm. Right. Evaluating talent, man. Byron Coward was the number one overall player in the country. Yep. How do you miss on that? I don't. So I'm either thinking either you misevaluated him or you underdeveloped him. Yep. Because he went on. Dylan Brooks, Mike. Same thing. Right. Like, come on, man. Like, great point. And I, I'm just I, – I have a hard time believing all these kids are busts. I just do, right? I think that maybe there was a development yeah. issue going on with inside, in, inside the program, and that's what you hope Q Freeze can identify and can get fixed. Because when you get a, a can't-miss prospect, you can't miss. Yep. I'm sorry, yeah. right? Like, you know, uh, you know, again, I'm, I hate to refer to Bama so much, man, but, like, God, they've been doing it so well for so many They're years. They're the standard. Yeah, right? I'm just like, you didn't, didn't miss on Bryce Young. Yep. Right? How did we yeah. miss? How did you know again? You know, they didn't miss. And guys, let me tell you something. Bryce played behind one of the worst O lines I've seen at Bama in the last since Saban's got there. Yes. They were porous. They were awful. It was so bad. He yep. still went out and produced like a number one pick should produce with almost no protection. Truly yep. running for his life and saving the day. <laughs> I remember tweeting out one time and I was like, guys, like. Without this is a four lost Bama team without Bryce yes. Young. Yep. 100%. Four lost Bama team without Bryce Young, man. They are struggling. So Hugh Freeze has to get this right, man. He has to get in and he has to evaluate these guys correctly because when you talk about guys like Thanos, you put all that energy and hype into a guy and then he transfers out before he's hardly played it down in here. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah, they just got to get this fixed. I'm, I think fans are sick of seeing that, right? They're, they're sick of us seeing miss on our can't miss prospects. It's got to change. Absolutely, Mike. I'll tell you, another thing that's got to change is you got to start getting kids in your backyard. You got to get the Phoenix City kids. Oh, you got to start getting them, Mike. Mm. You can't keep letting yep. them go, man. I mean, they're right there. And I've used example. I've used an example on our podcast probably three times already. You spend all this energy going out, and you only have so many OVs and these things that you can do. And you spend all this energy going out to Portland, Oregon to recruit a Darius Clemens, who was never going to come to Auburn. And you've got guys in your backyard and that you just that you could you just go look up the stories of how the, the recruiting went the last two years, just completely getting ignored. Five stars walking past your head coach and just getting ignored. So if you just recruit your backyard, man, I mean, you'll see a lot of that. You'll see Phoenix City, Alabama, Justin. Phoenix City, Alabama. They let Justin Ross get out of here and go to Clemson. What? Oh, right. Right. Come on, Clemson's man. developing a pipeline in Phoenix City. Why? Yeah. Listen, I went to high school at Central Phoenix City. Right. And okay. uh, my Bad brother devil. is still the wrestling coach there. And, you know, since I've been home, it's been realer for me. I, and that's a, that is a, a, a top tier high school program. The facilities are unlike anything mm-hmm. I've ever seen at the high school level. Yeah. Yes. A lot of money is going on in that thing. But you, you mentioned Dustin Cameron Coleman earlier, right? Another Phoenix City kid. Florida State's got a full court press on him right now, yeah. right? Um, yep. And so, you know, his recruitment, I'm sure, will go deep. Uh, but ultimately, you've got to be able to go in and get kids like that to come to your school. Last year's class of recruits was one of the best in state ever. 
or was it the year before? Like they, there was, was some last, year's, last year's yeah. last year's really solid. Yeah, yeah. It was just like they were like, yo, the talent coming out of the state this year is nuts. Mm-hmm. Right. And too many other. of those kids left the state. Yeah, <laughs> yep. we got Cobb. Yeah. Cause Cat. Yeah. Right. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, how, how? So become the premier program in the state. And I hate to say it, but you 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 know, Gus is oh for whatever against LSU, Bama, and Georgia. Like yep. you gotta change, you gotta turn that around. Right, because That's you got right. two schools within like a two hundred fifty mile radius of you, you know, or four hundred mile radius because Athens is a little further away, and um, they're snatching up all the talent, but they're also at the top of the standings every year in your conference. <laughs> yeah, and it's tough, right? So you've got to start to win those games. You've got to start to win those games. You know, uh, 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 an Iron Bowl win is so huge for recruiting because mm-hmm. all these five stars can't play at Bama. Yeah, they just can't. Right. And with the portal, you they're they're leaking talent now because guys don't want to sit and they've got a freebie and you can no longer handcuff them. You yep. can no longer lie to them for more than a year because <laughs> yeah. they have the option to leave. So ultimately, you've got to get kids to come in, man, and you've got to start. And I think, you know, uh, both of you have mentioned this, like once recruits see it on the field. Yeah. You know, I think it's an easier sell to sell what you can show on tape than to sell the potential of something that, you know, it's pretty much you're mm-hmm. asking me to, you know, as a recruit to put faith in you. Mm-hmm. Show me on tape. Show me on tape where you've developed a quarterback. Show me on tape where your receivers are getting fed the ball. Yes. Show me on tape where you have balance on offense and a competent play calling system. Show me on tape that I'm going to get drafted out of your system. Show me the draft picks. Yep. Right? It's all about what you can show kids these days, man. And then because of NIL, show me the money. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it just is, is what it is. It's a combination of things, but it's 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 you know people people when NIL hit guys, a lot of people thought this is going to help even the playing field, and I profess I think it's going to widen the gap between the haves and the have-nots. Right. So if you already were winning, you already got money, and you're yeah. going to be able to take even more advantage of this to make sure kids don't go. And there are going to be a lot of kids who make bad decisions based on money now. Right. Sure. If they so true. Play football, right? So, uh, you know, I just think, you know, Hugh Freeze has got to use every tool in his toolbox right now to get talent in the door. So it's got to be NIL. It's got to be. But but at the end of the day, it still comes down to development, tape and winning yep. and opportunity. Right. If you can give kids the, the latter four things, I think that you'll you'll always compete at this level because, you know what? Saban and Kirby have the next five star waiting when one of the five star busts out. That's it. so true. Did you guys see the ridiculous video on Twitter where the guy was like telling Kirby it's <laughs> over? It's like it's from something mm. called Wingnut Sports or whatever. Like, and the guy was like, you know, it's over. Like, you know, this defense was ridiculous. Well, you know what? That's what they said about this defense coming in. Yeah, for sure. After yeah, the yeah. last prolific yeah. defense. So yeah. if I were him, now listen, odds are they will take a step back on defense, but make no mistake, there is tons of talent on this team, and he didn't just <laughs> forget how to coach. Hmm. Right. You know what those guys have done, though, is they've recruited so well that they can afford for what they lack in on field coaching. Their talent makes up for. And that's what Hugh Freeze needs. He needs to load this thing with so much talent that he can afford to make mistakes, man. And these guys will just go out and make plays because they're superior athletes. Absolutely. That's how the top programs stay on top. Mm. Great stuff. 
when um I saw yesterday on Twitter, this going around, I know that y'all have done some stuff with uh Cole Kublik, and I saw that Hugh had sat down with him and they're doing uh the golf tournament they were at and all that. What are you hearing, Mike, about just the culture fit? Like how is Hugh just kind of around town mm-hmm. and, and just amongst the campus? Cause dude, that is just a big part, and I don't want to to pile on to potato man, but the, obviously those things just weren't there. <laughs> they just weren't there with that. And we heard that from the jump. I mean, we were a month in and we were hearing, and eh, this isn't really happening. So, I mean, what are you hearing about that? Because it seems to me, and I thought from the beginning, this is just going to be a good fit, man. Yeah. Well, we've interviewed Hugh and, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time at press conferences asking him questions. I just think he gets it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think he gets what Auburn is. I think he understands the politics. I, under, I think he understands mm-hmm. what he has to do to be part of the culture down here. Right. Yes. And, you know, the South is different, man. Like if you're not from down here, man, you, you don't get it. Guys, I, I you know, the last three years <laughs> I've been in Washington, <laughs> D.C. And before that, I was in Phoenix. And, you know, I've been mm-hmm. all over the country since I graduated from Auburn. And I'll tell you this. Right. Like when you come back down here, it's something different about the people. Right. Like, um, you know, you know, I, I went into like a Hibbit Sports the other day, and I, I found myself in a forty-five minute conversation with this lady about my lupus, right? And she was giving me like recommendations, and like, you know, if you if you That's cannot awesome. if you cannot take the time to get to know the people, you you just won't last very long here. And I don't think mm-hmm. Brian Harson did that very well. Now, let me tell you something: we had a great time with Harson. He was very <laughs> open with the war rapport. So, like, it wasn't based on my personal experience, but. Right. That doesn't invalidate other people's experiences with him, right? Mm-hmm. He was, you know, for those, I mean, I feel like we put in a lot of work to get close to his staff, but, you know, for those who weren't willing to put in the work, he wasn't going to meet you halfway. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze is willing to meet you halfway, right? You know, he does he does things like, you know, even to the with the media guys, on the, you know, during spring practice, every Monday he would do a press conference. And at the Monday presser, um, he would do the press conference and then we usually had to wait 45 minutes to, you know, for the, the viewing period for the media. And Hugh would just be like, Hey man, you guys want to go out 45 minutes early? <laughs> right. You can't, t- you just can't take any pictures or video during the early 45 minute period, but yeah. he would let us go out there and see more than what was promised. Love I, that. Yeah. And I just think he's a guy who gets it, man. So he's, he's building a bridge with the media. I think, uh, he's building a bridge with the fans that will give him a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, he's building a bridge with the boosters, which is super important as well, too. Right. So, Love that. you know, I, I think he fit, you know, the culture question. I just think he fit, I think he gets it. And I think that, you you know, if you want a guy that's going to fit, you have to you have to have a guy who gets it. He gets it. Love it. I love that, Mike. Dustin, you got anything else? Yeah, uh, a part of that, Mike, getting it. Uh, I, I've seen you kind of speak on this a little bit, Mike. Um, I want your thoughts on though, because I was the Thorn video, right? And uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, my computer's dying. Trying to plug it in here. Uh, I saw a video about Thorn, and uh, I actually was behind the scenes of him at Michigan State. And I encourage everybody to go watch it, search it on YouTube, because his leadership qualities really stand out to me. But one thing he was very adamant about was his faith. And I see this with Walker White, and we talk about culture fit. Um, a guy, uh, what's the, the 25 commit, uh, Malik Autry, big guy in his faith. That just seems like something to me that uh, we're going to see more and more with Hughes and guys that that is important to. It connects. It feels to me it is a culture fit. And that's just kind of something that's out about because regardless of where you stand 
on religion, you can't argue that the Christian faith gives you a good foundation, right? Like if you're following that, you're going to have, you're going to be on time. You're going to be doing things the right way. So I think it's a, it's a good in the long run. I think we're going to have the good kids, you know, I think we're going to, it's not going to be a situation like Alabama where <laughs> every week you're getting on Twitter and it's something new. Um, but what do you think when we talk about this portal, Mike, and we talk about all these new faces, this is kind of a concern of mine is that how long do you think it's going to take these guys to come together? Cause this isn't a recruit, you know, a lot of times these guys get recruited together and then they come in and they go through struggles and, and they have trials and tribulations together. And then by the time they're like junior, senior years, okay. You know, they're, there's tight. But now all of a sudden, I mean, you got the one class. We've got what four kids left out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A first class which was kind of it was a transition class. It was Gus's class. But now you only got four or five kids left. Are you just worried like about the locker room gelling? Because you have so many guys, and I worry about with the portal guys. It's like a guy's got one, two more years. He's just trying to get his. How long do you think it's going to take for these guys to kind of come together, buy into Hughes' system, and, and just become a, a, a one unit? I think that's a question about how strong the leadership on the team is, right? You know, because a coach can only do so much, man. You need leaders in your locker room that can bring guys together, who can corral, who can rally the troops, who can, you know, you know, be the sounding board for your rallying cry as a coach. You know, I think that every coach understands that without leaders internally, it's going to be hard to be successful consistently at this level, right? So, you know, my question, I guess, in response to that is, how is Hugh Freeze? going to develop leaders of young men, right? So you talk about having the Christian faith as a foundation. Uh, And I grew up in the church. I feel like, you know, I learned how to be a leader to a large extent, leading our youth ministry at church, right? Um, Now, ultimately, you don't need religion for that. But uh, I think it, it does help. Listen, man, we're in the Bible Belt. Right. And that stuff matters down here, whether you like it or not, no matter what your stance Mm -hmm. on religion is. So, you know, Hugh's been pretty open about his faith. Right. And I think, you know, I think it's just more important that people have a moral compass for right and wrong, um, that they do the right things. And you'd be surprised, man, how like doing the right things and little things when nobody is looking, you know, translates to doing the right things when everybody is looking. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you want you want a guy who you want guys who will do the right things when nobody's looking. And they don't have to be told, right, to do the right things because there's something on the inside of them that says, listen, you know, um, and it's not always about it's not always that like serious. It's more it's as simple sometimes, guys, is we got practice in the morning. Everybody needs to be in bed. Right. And your teammates are getting ready to go out and partying. And you as a leader are saying, no. Get your ass to your dorm room. Right. Mm. Because if you're going to be the best athlete you can be, you understand how important rest is, rest and recovery is. You know, and you can't have guys out partying when there's practice the next day, man. The best players, they treat this like it's a job, like it's a business, right? And getting paid now, too. Right. Yeah. And 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 the young guys that come in who are maybe just experiencing their first freedoms from, you mm-hmm. know, leaving home. Great point. Right. Yep. Yeah. You need leaders that can say, don't let all this freedom get to your head. Right. You know, most people flunk out of college. They do it their freshman year. And you know why? <laughs> it's because there's nobody telling them that they have to be someplace. Yep, right? Yeah. Right. And suddenly when it's not structured for you anymore and it's on you, it becomes a little harder when nobody's making you get up for class in the morning. Yep. Right. Uh, yep. Nobody's making you be on time for study hall. Nobody's making you be on time for practice. But if you're not there, it gets noticed. Mm. 
And if you're not there enough, you will suffer the consequences. So, you know, Hugh Freeze has to be a developer of young men, you know, and young leaders. I believe that any coach, this is your responsibility. You are taking somebody's child and you will spend more time with that child than those parents will for the next mm. four or five years of their life. Yeah, for sure. Great. And, and if you if you if you profess to be, you know, a man of faith, this should be something that you embrace. If you ask mm. me, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in that area, man. Like, you know, put out guys we can be proud of, not what's going on in Bama right now. Right. Mm. They're running muck, man. And it's I, every I week, think, Mike. It's every yeah, week. Yeah. It's a failure. I don't think it – listen, man, Saban, you know, I'm iffy on him. You know, he is a disciplinarian. I, I've heard him have some really good talks with his players, but I think there's a failure of leadership from the top there, starting with their athletic director. Yep. And, um, you know, it has spilt over and – yeah, you know, their, their football program has had so much success that a lot gets overlooked. But best believe if this were happening at some other program or at Mississippi State right now, heads would be rolling all over the place. Yep. So you know, we you know we we have to have a guy. You know, Hugh Freeze asked for one thing in his press conference, and he said, "Give me a chance to earn your trust." Mm. And I think yeah. that this is a great chance for him to earn our trust as a fan base, our trust as the media, right? Our trust as residents of alabama right mm -hmm. and auburn you know by going out and, and and producing young men we can be proud of that when they go on to the next level we're like that's our guy right that's mm -hmm. an auburn man that's what an auburn man is gonna is, is like i'll tell you this story uh really quickly before i, I shut up about this in, in 2013 uh caesar and i uh and our other two best friends from college took a trip out to the Rose Bowl for the, the championship game. So it's mm -hmm. technically 2014, right? And um, we, first of all, it's not a bad seat in the whole Rose Bowl, by the way. If you've never been there, incredible sporting venue, if you ask me. Mm, 95,000 people. It was like a sea of orange and blue. And then like FSU's band and like a few of their family like sitting around <laughs> it. Dude, it was a home game for Auburn, which made losing it so hurtful. But um after the game was over there was this florida state girl and she was drunk out of her mind she was just ah, in your face you guys thought you were gonna win and she was she was pretty obnoxious right mm. um and uh there was this young kid wearing an auburn hat and he had been drinking a little bit i could tell he was underage right and he started to like he was getting real annoyed with her. We all were, but like, you know, you know how it is. It's just one of those things yeah. you just ignore the drunk people. And he he was not about to go that route. And one of the <laughs> proudest moments I had, as I've had as, a, as, as an Auburn alum and an Auburn fan was there were about 15 of us around him. We all grabbed this kid and everybody just put a, put their arms around him and said, we're, we're better than that. Yeah. Leave her alone. Right. We're better than that. And, you know, and everyone said congratulations on the win. And we walked off without incident. And mm. I thought I was like, that's what Auburn's about. That's what yep. family is about. Right. Hugh has mm -hmm. to embrace and project that. And everybody who comes into Auburn should feel that that will help with your team chemistry. That will help you develop leaders like we talked about. And ultimately, that can translate to wins on the field on Saturday, you know, just mm. in a way that most people will never see or understand. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. We, absolutely. You never, we we never mm. see that part, right? But trust me, it has an effect on how these guys play together on Saturdays. Mm. Man, that's that's some that's yeah. some damn good stuff, man. Uh, Dustin, you got something? I just want to say thank you, Mike, and I want to say thank you one for giving us your time tonight, brother. Appreciate yeah. you. It means the world to us. But um, thank you, man, because when I'm watching these press conferences, and I hear a question about 
something that has nothing to do with football, and then there's another storyline <laughs> yes. that has nothing to do with football. Yes. And then, and, oh, and then yeah. about we'll get about six, seven minutes in, and then I hear this warm, friendly voice that I know <laughs> ask a football question. So about X's and O's on the field. So just yes. and you man, in, in your in the short time, um you had the whole fiasco with Harson. And that was 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, here's Mike G with a football question. And then you had this whole fiasco with Hugh Freeze when he got hired and this backlash and everybody's perfect. And they want to throw stones because they've never made a mistake. And then here's Mike G with a football question. So just mm. <laughs> thank you, man, for being that. Thank you. for Seriously, though, man, like for being that guy yeah. in the media that doesn't push the storylines. And it's just because we just man, we just want to hear about the ball, dude. Like we yeah. care about the ball and we've won six games six games and five games, if I'm not mistaken, these last three years. So we want to hear how this team is getting better. I, I don't want to hear all this other crap, man. Yeah, yeah. let me tell you this. Um, first of all, I got to say, it is a absolute honor and a privilege to be a part of the press conferences and get to right. ask the coaches questions directly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, it. you know, a lot of that, what you guys hear, it comes from the fans that, that choose to engage and um, <laughs> give us the feedback. Uh, you know, sometimes – you know, some of the private discords I'm a part of or some of the chat groups, you know, I'll ask them like, hey, what do you guys want to hear about? What do you want me to ask? Mm -hmm. them? Right. And if there's a good question, I'll ask it. Last year at Media Days, um, you know, I asked Harson about defense and I asked him about something else. Um, and he looked at me and he said, thank you for asking me a football question. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I remember it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, of course, I'm going to ask you a football question. I'm not going to ask you about all this rumor crap. Right. Because yeah. what's the, the guy from AL.com everybody hates? Joe Goodman. Goodman. Right. Yeah. Joe yeah. Goodman. Yeah. Yep. He, he got up and like Harson said in his in the main hall, he said, I'm going to address this and I ain't going to say no more about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I First thought, question. like, listen, I thought Harson won media. I think he did an excellent job at media days that year. Um, yeah. But then Joseph Goodman gets a question and then he goes and asks him about <laughs> the one thing he said he was going to talk about. Right. And I don't know if those guys do that because they're hoping to draw a reaction out of him. Like, God damn it. I just told you I was going to talk about this. Right? <laughs> but I thought he handled it with class. And, you know, it, it's just time to move on, man. Like, you know, again, unless you killed somebody <laughs> right. or you embezzled some money or you did something that was chargeable by law. Mm -hmm. Right. To me, it's just how much does it matter, right? Yep. Let's talk about – Let's talk, you know, if I get a chance to get a question, a lot of times we only get one question. Sometimes I can slip a second question in there, but you want it to be a good one. Now, this is coming from the guy that asked Saban at Media Days if he missed Gus Malzahn. <laughs> so <laughs> I did slide that one in. It went viral on Twitter. Too. I was like, does, does Saban miss Gus, right? And uh, he took that question really – I asked him a whole football question before that. <laughs> and uh, he responded. He was like, man, he beat us more than we would have liked, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, it is, it is a privilege to be able to ask questions at these press conferences to get called on. And I just feel like, you know, for the fans – it's important that as the media, we ask the right questions because that's the only chance they get to hear something sincere from the coach. Yeah. You ask a bad question, you get a bad answer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's not always easy. Sometimes somebody asks some variation of your question, like right before your question. And then you've got to mix it up in your head, like, mm -hmm. like right yep. before. Um, and so I try to go to those things prepared and just make sure, you know, we can give um, you guys enough to talk about on these podcasts and on these shows and write articles for, you know? So um, yeah, I appreciate that. But like I said, I, I, I thank the fans for the opportunity to do that. Mm. 
Yeah, man, Mike G, we appreciate you, man, and uh, and we just absolutely enjoyed your time, and and we appreciate you coming on, man. But before we let you get out of here, we want you to plug your show, man, and yeah, and yeah. let us know about the War Report and uh, anybody that listens to our podcast, uh, how they can check your workout. Uh, check us out at thewarreport.com. You can find our written content there. We are The War Report on every social media platform, TW Report on TikTok. YouTube, obviously, is uh, where we live. So go check us out there. You'll find all our video content on YouTube. Uh, we've got some interesting things coming uh, in the coming weeks. Heather Dennis from ESPN is going to be joining us. Cole Kubelik will be joining the show. Um, and so we've got some content lined up for fans that I think everybody's really going to like. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter uh, and, and uh, stay informed. Love that, Mike. Well, uh, to everybody, uh, that we're going to close this one out. And uh, big, big games coming up tomorrow. The softball team yes, has sir. moved into the semifinals. Uh, they will take on South Carolina, who upset yeah. Georgia tonight. Uh, they will take on the Gamecocks tomorrow for a chance to play in the uh, championship uh, this weekend uh, in the SEC tournament. And then the baseball team, who has uh, found something, uh, and they have gotten gotten it right, and they have knocked off uh, South Carolina and LSU in back-to-back weeks and are looking to go to Oxford, was supposed to play tonight, but will play uh, a doubleheader tomorrow. So uh, big big news, uh, big stuff on the Plains, and, uh, and we're excited to watch it tomorrow. Once again, Mike G., we appreciate you for coming on, and like always, we will leave you all with the War Damn Eagle, and we are out. Peace. War Eagle.